The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com, and if you're not already a subscriber for The Athletic, for a limited time, receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. Stay woke. Bruh. New York strip steak? Ooh. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to BasketBuds edition of the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Zach Harper. We have Wozni Lambre. We have Trevon Edwards, Jay King, Dave Dufour. Jade Hoy is back producing us. And today, oh my goodness, we've got people stepping down. We've got people getting fired. And we have the NBA playoffs. They're finally here after all that seeding game bubble action, after all the NBA bubble life, after all the play-in tournament, well, the one game, after the Portland Trailblazers beat the Memphis Grizzlies in the most historic play-in tournament of all time. We've got it. We've got the playoffs here for you today. But before we get into the playoffs and start figuring out which of these teams we can already eliminate, gentlemen, we have the stepping down of Vladi Divac from the Sacramento Kings as Joe Dumars takes over the situation. Also, Peja Stojakovic is stepping down from his, I believe, assistant GM role. And the New Orleans Pelicans have fired... Alvin Gentry. So I want to throw, I'm going to throw you guys a little preview right now of what's going into the power rankings on Monday, which you can now, if you're listening to this on Monday, you can read the power rankings. They're up. Uh, but in the four years before David Griffin took over the Pelicans, Dell Demps got this for Alvin Gentry. Okay. These are the players he had to, he had to play. These, this is the roster he had. These are the top 20 in games played. For the Pelicans in the first four years of Alvin Gentry coaching them. Drew Holiday, number one. Anthony Davis, number two. Number three, Etwan Moore. Number four, Dante Cunningham. Number five, Darius Miller. Solomon Hill. Ian Clark. Cech Diallo. Tim Frazier. Omer Sheik. Alexis Ajinsa. Julius Randle. Alonzo G. Are you guys noticing a pattern here? This team has sucked for four <laughs> years. Look, if you don't was, if you don't think Alvin Gentry is the coach for the Pelicans of the future and the present, I don't have a problem with that. But you can't peg his tenure as the Pelicans coach as a failure because of him. Because was that team has been terrible, right? <laughs> that's that's fair. The Omar Ashik um, signing stands out because. People were like, wow, that's an overpay. And, like, literally the day he stepped on the court on that contract, it was like, wow, this is even worse than we thought. Um, Yeah, it's been incompetent from the top for a long time now. But what I will say is that Griff has a relationship with Alvin Gentry. And so if he fired him, (laughs) he didn't come to that conclusion lightly. Right. Right. He's this is intimate knowledge, not just of the roster that he has, but of the coach. And so, you know, it's hard for me to say, well, this was unfair. It's not unfair. It's just sports. This is the nature of coaching in sports. You're at the mercy of whatever players you have. And if you don't if your players don't perform, 
um, you're a lot easier to get rid of than, say, you know, the future of Zion Williamson. So, like, I get it. I get it. Right. Was well, the, also, not a lot of coaches even survive regime change. You right. know, I mean, he at least got a shot yeah. at it. Did he, though? So this is where I think think so. This is what I'll add. This is what I'd add to that. One, they had a shit ton of injuries this year, right? They did. They had Mm -hmm. a lot. And, um, and there's nothing he can necessarily do about that. When Zion comes back, they say you can play him this amount of minutes. Then he's got to play him this amount of minutes. Right. But he Mm -hmm. also had this team playing a lot better before, uh, even Zion got into the mix. Like the month before that, they had kind of righted the ship and were starting to charge towards the, the eighth seed and, and, you know, making up ground and everything. Um, but I would I would say just because Alvin and Griff have a, a working relationship and a good relationship and a friendship together doesn't necessarily mean that that means Griff wants him for the job. I mean, clearly because he fired him. Right. But I would also right, right. I would also say, like, when when Griff took over, ownership was basically like, hey, we'd like Alvin to be the coach. Griff wants to well, be in power. Right. Like Griff, Griff mm-hmm. wants to Griff's turned down a lot of jobs. I was talking with Amin Al-Hassan about this on NBA radio. Like Griff has turned down a lot of jobs because he didn't feel he had enough power in the situation. So you can come into a year, year with Alvin, then decide, hey, I'm still overhauling this whole thing. Alvin's out. I feel bad for Gentry. I think he was a reassuring, calm and steady presence during the whole Anthony Davis debacle, which was an absolute debacle throughout. I think. This year was super complicated for them. Like the Zion being out, Zion coming back. What stood out to me, though, was that that team had had some good NBA talent. Like they have a lot of NBA, legitimate NBA players on that team. I didn't think they maximized Zion, even though he was unbelievable during his little time on the court. I didn't think they built enough of their system around his unique, unique talents. I think whoever comes in next has to do a better job of that. He needs to get the Giannis treatment where like he's your main key driver. And maybe he wasn't ready for that. I think he is. I think he needs to be. And I think even if he isn't, they need to try it. And then what really stood out to me in the bubble was that team did not care at all. And I don't know whether that was because they stopped getting the message from Gentry. I don't know whether it was because all the factors with Zion coming in and out of the lineup, he didn't, he was on a minutes restriction. There were, there was a lot to it, but it, it was pretty clear that team was very, very underwhelming in the bubble and, and did not live up to, to expectations. Yeah. But if they made the playoffs, he wasn't, it wasn't like it was going to save his job. I, I don't think that, that he was fired over performance. I, I think, Zach kind of is alluding to this. Griff wanted to be in power. And part of that is choosing your coach. And it just seems like they had an agreement that he would get the year. And if everything went great, then everyone's happy. But if it didn't, then they were going to make a change. I think that everyone should have pretty much anticipated this. Am I, am I, am I wrong? I mean, I, th- I, think I, think the writing, I thought it was coming. I think, I think the writing on the wall, the second half of the season was pretty clear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think anticipate. I just look, and they don't have to get fair shakes. And again, like Trey, I don't. If right. you don't think Alvin Gentry is the right coach for this team, I, I think there are plenty of other coaches who are better coaches. I do think you Not know some of, some of the conversation some of the conversation painting Alvin Gentry is like, oh, he didn't do his job in these five years. I just don't agree. Yeah, I mean, he was an easy target, man. Like you guys said and mentioned that you know it, he didn't have much to make up of it. Obviously, dealing with Anthony Davis one now and then obviously Zion having an injury and then having to monitor his minutes and be the fall guy for that. 
um, it just didn't work in his favor. And then even to put them in a position where they still could have made the playoffs was just like even, you know, just just a hassle. And I think, yeah. um, you know, with him, with his rapport around the league, he's well-respected. I'm sure if he wants to get back into coaching, he can land an assistant gig or um, try to get another head head job. But I think right now, I think – I think he'll 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 take some time away from the game and, and reflect because I'm pretty sure it was stressful um, micromanaging that entire season, you know. Um, but like I said, he, he's probably what Dave said as well is probably like it was a year agreement. Like, you know, let's let's see what you can do with it. And they fell short. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is Alvin Gentry has not had a full season off of NBA basketball coaching since 1987. Sounds yeah, about came, right. He came in 1988 and he was an assistant for like six years. Uh, then he, he took over the heat for like, you know, half a season. He was assistant for another three years. Then he was the Pistons head coach for three seasons or two and a half seasons. He was a Clippers coach for like two and a half seasons. And he's an assistant like here and there. Suns coach for five years. Assistant here and there. Pelicans coach for five years. Like he has been going 32 straight years of coach. Like this dude's a lifer. It's it's that man a break. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. I mean, paycheck's good. I mean, you know, it's good work if you can and guaranteed, get it. And guaranteed, right? Yeah, he gets, he gets, he had a, another year under his belt, right? And you know what else mm-hmm. I think about too is like expectation comes with this, right? Like there yes. was a certain amount of expectation around the team coming into the season. People like us probably thought it was a bit overblown, like this idea that the Pelicans were going to come in and kill people this year. Um, but yeah, as soon as soon as they traded AD, they signed Reddick, they got um, Derek Favors in there. Uh, people were just like, "All right, this is a good team. They're gonna do some things," and it just never happened. And so, you know, this is a result of that. Like when you have expectations, you know, it's it's great to have excitement and enthusiasm around your team. Like that's a great feeling, right? It's much better than. Or some people would say it's much better than having nothing around your team. Nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody could give a shit about what you're doing. Um, but with that expectation comes a certain amount of weight. And, you know, this is just the result of that. Speaking of uh, nothing good happening, the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Vlade Divac steps down. Um, so this is this is interesting. Uh, a couple of years ago, he said... Essentially, like if the Kings weren't in a better spot, I think this was right after the DeMarcus Cousins trade. If the Kings weren't in a better spot in two years, he would resign, right? He would step down. Mm-hmm. And then the Kings are technically in a better spot, I think. Like, I think they're a better team. I think they're yeah. a surprisingly more stable team, which it's a low bar to clear for the Kings. But they're a more stable team than they had been with DeMarcus Cousins and, you know, the guys in and out of the coaching position left. Or, well, I guess Luke Walton could have fired any time. Who knows? But, um, you know, the Kings probably Kings get rid of coaches constantly. They have front office people come through constantly. Um, and so he steps down and it turns out that he's kind of stepping down because Vivek said, hey, Joe Dumars, we'd like him to be more involved. This is what we want. And yeah. <laughs> and so, look, we can laugh about the Charlie Villanueva and Ben Gordon sightings in Detroit. We can laugh about the picture of him with two phones right <laughs> up to his face. Like, like there's plenty to criticize Joe Dumars over. But I do think it's important to remember that Joe built like one of the best teams of the last 20 years like that that Pistons team and it's not just the championship like they were in the conference finals for six straight years I think 
like and that, didn't like have he built like a, a superstar. Yeah, he exactly. built a great mm-hmm. organization, like a great roster for a, an extended run. I know one thing: Joe Dumars won't pass on a Luca. <laughs> he won't pass. He loves Man. him in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the pro, the issue with Joe Dumars in Detroit was was not about his peak when he was great. Yeah, it was not keeping up with the changes in the league, and so. You know, I guess if you're a Kings fan or, or in the Kings organization, your hope is that that Joe has kind of adjusted to 2020's version of the NBA. And, you know, from my understanding, he's actually had a pretty good voice there for like the last year. Um, I don't know that we've seen it. And I don't know if he had anything to do with hiring Luke Walton, which uh, I don't think was a great move. But um, I'm I'm excited to see what he does with it. Oh, but Dave, Luke went 39 and 4. You know, coaching the Warriors that mm. one year. So yeah, pretty cool. He's ready. Coaching good teams <laughs> makes you look good, right? That's <laughs> usually how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. When your players are I, good, I th- they play good. <laughs> right. That tends to be the case, which has been an issue for the Kings. And you know, Zach, I hate the, the word deserve in the NBA. Like, like that word kind of shouldn't, doesn't exist, but... Considering what Joe Dumars did with the Pistons, he deserved the shot to get another team to run, right? Like, if you look at his record overall, like, you know, the Pistons was like six conference finals in a row or something crazy like that. Like, his resume would suggest that he deserved another shot to run a team. Um, But, you know, like, it's so funny. Like, with Gentry, it's like, (laughs) did he deserve to get fired? Probably not, but deserve doesn't matter. So it's like, right. it's this weird thing where it's like he kind of deserved another shot, but it's like, man, would I have hired Joe Dumars if I was looking for a new GM? I don't know that I would have. Well, yeah, and I think the interesting part of that too is like that dude was kind of strapped in terms of money he could spend towards the end yep. of his Pistons run, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not like the it was an open check. Like is it, you didn't have a blank check there for to just go spend. Is Sacramento and prob- that? It, it, well, Vivek's well, got money. Yeah, right. Like yeah, they're a small spend. market team, but Vivek's got money. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're will like they're willing to spend. Like I think that assuming we ever get fans back in the arenas, like you know, I, I think you can count on that arena being mostly full if they have a halfway decent product because, um, history in Sacramento shows that fans show up even when that team is is pretty terrible and and the arena is terrible. Well now the arena is state of the art and you know that team is is middling which is you know a step forward for most of this last 14 years. Um but you know I I think like the Charlie Villanueva Ben Gordon signings are going to like hang over his head for a long time until he proves and and yeah maybe they should. Right? Well, like when you screw that. things up I, like you got to prove that you're though. good. But it in wasn't even the signings, though, honestly. It was how he did Chauncey Billups, and that left a sour taste True. in the fans' yeah. mouth. You True. know what I mean? Like, right. Because he could have handled that situation a little bit better. And obviously, you know, he gambled. And with the gamble, you know, you end up getting Josh Smith and this, you know, all this other stuff that just end up happening. And everybody just kind of forgot that, you know, he, he brought a championship to the to the city and, and, and held that over his head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Waz said, they were – they were on top on the Eastern Conference for a long time before a young 23 uh, dethroned them. So um, similar narrative and stuff like that. But, you know, I think Joe, I, I still believe in Joe. I think that he can he can do well by Sacramento. 
um, whether it's the draft or signing free agents. You know, um, I guess Vlade was trying to send a message to Harry Giles by declining his option or something. Like, he's already kind of packed out, and I don't know if it's, you know, I think Page just left too as well. Yeah, so, and, and I don't know that he was. I don't know that he was ever going to get past passing on Luca, right? Right. Like Marvin's going to have to become mm-hmm. a hell of a player, which he can still do if he can stay healthy. But right. like that, but was, it's already that, too late. Well, I mean, not to match what Luca's doing, but like, yeah. But but Bagley could still be an all star, all NBA big man, right? Like he's got the skills, he's got the body for it. If it holds up, he just it's a lot of work towards that. But you're, that's always good. that was always going to hang over Vladdy's head because Luca's just so so damn good. Yeah, and I mean, he that, took but Sam the next Bowie three picks. At this point, the next three picks were all really good too. Yeah, right. It went J- Jaron Jackson, Trey Young. And who who was the other one? I for, I'm forgetting. But the next three picks all would have looked really good there too. And so they blew that. And Luca was so obvious. Uh, he was he was the best player in Europe at 18 years old. It was it was as obvious as a pick gets. And and to blow that one, obviously in the NBA, blown picks are just part of it. Sometimes yeah. a lot of the draft is luck. But that was still a big and pretty obvious one to miss. I, I just think the Kings have a lot of work to do. Like that—that that sure. is not a roster built to contend for now, for later. <laughs> got, I mean, if, if Bagley's healthy, he's he can be really good. Like Fox is Fox is good. Bogdanovich is—they're going to resign is good. But that makes the Buddy Heald contract look Ugh. questionable, right? Um, like they, yeah, they, they've got, they got a lot of work and it's going to be some tough picks. You know, it's not a tough pick guys. DraftKings. Oh my God. The easiest pick you can have. You made some money DraftKings. recently. You oh. sound like you did. Was, I mean, who's not making money with DraftKings? <laughs> That's what I would say. Cause you know, cause here's the thing was regular season's fun, right? Like we got those eight seating games and we got to like get into the mix and everything, but there are guys in and out of lineups, you know, they're trying to hold people out to make sure they're healthy for the playoffs. Well, DraftKings has you for the playoffs. They're the leader in one-day fantasy sports, basketball, hockey. They both have their playoffs going, and DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action. Waz, would you guess like maybe $50 are on the line for all of DraftKings? Like, would that be the guess? Like $50, maybe $100? So. Yeah, honey, sounds like try you could play with. Try millions in prizes. Wow. Millions with an M. Throughout the week, there is no better place to make it rain with DraftKings. Start playing for free with your first deposit. You haven't tried it. It couldn't be easier to play. Dave, you know the deal, right? You guys talk about this stuff on Nerdy. You draft your players, you stay under the salary cap, and you pile up the points. Points are analytics. You're pro analytics. You're pro points with DraftKings. It's the way to go. There's no better way to put your sports knowledge to the test. Just show all your dumb friends how much smarter you are by playing hey, DraftKings hey and winning man, millions. Hey, man, doing the first. I might have to play. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to do it. You pay a lot of people's rent with those millions of dollars. Download the DraftKings app today and use the promo code RUN. That's R-U-N to play free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. That's promo code RUN, R-U-N, to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long. Only at DraftKings, but minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Guys, it is time for the playoffs, and you know what that means. It means we've got to start eliminating teams. We've got 14 of those bum-ass teams eliminated already, right? That's what the season did. That's what the seeding games did. Kings, out of here. Suns, out of here. Grizzlies, get out of here, you bunch of toddlers. They're too young to compete, Dave. 
those grizzlies. That's right. Need. They're just not ready. Exactly. Uh, I almost said the magic. Magic granted. You know what? They magic going to be out of this Probably would have made the playoffs. Uh, I don't want to do <laughs> your basic like, hey, guys, what do you think of the 1-8 matchup? I don't want to do that. All right? I want to have some fun here. Let's start eliminating teams and get down to who we think is going to make it to the next round. So this is what I would propose. Okay? And if you guys disagree with any of these eliminations, speak up. But I say we're getting rid of the Nets. We're getting rid of the Magic, we're getting rid of the Mavericks, and we're getting rid of the Blazers right off the top. Do you guys disagree with any of those? No, the, the Blazers it are dangerous It pains me team. to tell the you Blazers that you're right. Dangerous. Are they? <laughs> are they, Flaws? I, look, I like this Blazers team, but I also saw Karis LeVert drop like a thousand points on them in two quarters. Okay? No, the Lakers, the Lakers are in trouble. Right the Lakers need to be worried about this. The Blazers, yeah, man. I, do, I mean, somehow the Lakers have turned into an underdog, which I don't understand. Oh. Nobody believed in them, Zach. Nobody believes in the Lakers. At any no, point this year. you guys have to admit, the Blazers chatter has gotten ridiculous. It's, it's, it, ha- it's it like, is. oh, yeah. look, the, the I, Lakers didn't score fine. in the bubble game. But now, here's the score against the worst defense in the bubble. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. So here's what I'll say. I will say their performance in the in the bubble has been better than they were during the regular season. Hands down. So it does speak to the argument that Blazers – People have made that this team just needed to be healthy and they would have been in the playoffs. I actually agree with that. I think they would have been maybe the fifth or sixth seed if they had been healthy all year. But that still just isn't enough defense to deal with the Lakers. Like the Lakers should win this in four, maybe five, because Dame's going to probably have a 50 or 60 point game. But yeah, I'm with you, Zach. You know, get them out of here. The gulf between those teams is just enormous. And it's all it's all on defense. Every single part of it is on defense. The Blazers, I actually underestimated how good their offense was going to be when they got Nurkic and Collins back. Yeah. I didn't anticipate that. I didn't anticipate Dame doing what he's done, even though obviously Dame is going to be Dame. But the Lakers just have too much defense, too much length, too much size, and too much LeBron. And, and they have nobody to even begin covering LeBron. <laughs> So all right, but I got, I got a strategy though, JK. <laughs> What's that? Double AD okay. and let LeBron beat you. <laughs> whoa, whoa, <laughs> wow! You seventeen wash King Trey? Oh no! Hey, Trey doesn't Trey. believe. Hold on, gingerly walking Washington. <laughs> wow, because he's true. I kind of like this. What I kind of like this idea. Is no, but happening. I, but I, I, I honestly dare LeBron hey, to beat Trey, you. Trey, Trey, don't do this, man. Don't do this. No. Hey, wait, wait, Don't. Waz. Let me have a rebuttal here. Let me have a rebuttal here. Trey, so please do this. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. <laughs> Gentlemen sweep for the Lakers. I think that Dame and them still won okay. out of it. But I do think that the hard work that they put in to make it to the playoffs has gassed them yeah, tremendously. Has especially, to have, right? their, especially their fearless leader, right? Yeah. So, like you said, Dame's going to have one 50-point game. I think he averages 30 in this series. Just because the Lakers never been able to to, to guard, uh, you know, any type of offensive guards that can actually score. Right. But I just, like I said, it's it's funny for the narrative to be flipped as Lakers being an underdog. Oh and, my god! And 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 overcoming everything. <laughs> I was, like I said, I was watching that con- Nets game. Was is it a contrivance or a contrivance? Contrivance. 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 It's yeah. contrived. Yeah. Like they played bad because they weren't trying. And now the expectations have gotten so out of whack of the freaking team that was on pace to win 63 games. 
Like I, what I, the really, fuck? I really like the I really like this Blazers team. I really do. But like, I like Zach Collins. Front court heavy. Part. I love the but part. I was, but I, I was watching. I was watching them get the against like. Whatever the whatever the Nets were, right? Like Karis LeVert and a bunch of dudes. And like I was watching it, I'm like, I think I even tweeted this at one point in the fourth quarter. I was like, oh yeah, nah, Joe Harris gets busy. With right? Joe Harris, hey, yo, those, Joe yeah, Harris those can guys play. were hooping. Oh, what? I mean, yes, because there's no one to guard them. Of course they were it's hooping. Also the white band that wear headbands. So. Yo, fam, no, the, the Brooklyn uh, game was, was an eye opener. Was I'm gonna throw four. Names at you, okay? I, I, and I won't know them because they play for the Nets. No, 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 no. You're gonna know these oh, guys, okay? <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, Mario oh, that's Hazonia. Your third option. No, wait. Hold oh, on. My Carmelo God, Anthony, Trace, Mario stop. Hazonia, Nasir Little, and Wenyan Gabriel. Which of those guys is gonna guard LeBron James? Oh, Terry Melo gonna try to take it. To it. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a pride game. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Super Saiyan Gary Trent on them. It's going to be Trent Gary Trent. Had, Gary Trent has Collins. been had to guard everybody. Gary okay. Trent has but actually played good defense, but Karis no, LeVert embarrassed Trent, him Trent, for like seven he's, possessions he's, in a row. Gary Trent is a really good defender, but he's also like 6'3 yeah, and giving up 80 guy. pounds on LeBron. <laughs> it's going to be fun to read the stories about how the Lakers offense has found itself after they average 135 oh, points per game against the Blazers. Yeah, it's just, you know. I think part of it, too, is that we haven't watched LeBron in the playoffs for two years. Like, he didn't right. play last year in the playoffs, right? So, how easy, easily we forget game one of the NBA Finals in 2018 when he dropped 50 on quite possibly the greatest assemble of talent in the history of the league, right? In game one, and I know we remember JR and... <laughs> And that year he was hooping with like Larry Nance, J.R. Smith, and Jordan yeah. Clarkson. You know, like that was his like, cast. Okay. I, I sorry, Zach. I just had a brain. I just thought about J.R. forgetting about the fact of an NBA shot clock in the most pivotal moment of the game. To be fair, man, those clocks are all over the place. You don't know which one to look at. So, Zach, let's talk about their path, though. Okay. okay. Say whose path? They the, the Lakers, show, okay. right? So we so we say gentlemen sweep sweep mm-hmm. right cool yeah. next team we assume OKC Rockets coin toss right yeah. whoever it is right I don't see them really slowing them down so no we chance. surpass them yeah we meet the Clippers in Western that's, Conference that's Finals it. that's we've been circling that that series basically since Kawhi and Paul George got to the Clippers yeah so then they beat the Clippers ooh. Do they have the Bucks in the finals or no. Toronto, Toronto or whoever it may be, right? Toronto, Toronto right? Yeah. Is that will, will LeBron By the James way, the Bucks are now an underdog to get out of the East. <laughs> got to be. They got to be, right? Yeah. Got to be underdogs. I mean, what did they do all year, Zach? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. We didn't see the Bucks do anything all year. Uh, nothing of and, I mean, you know, they got a bunch of bums oh out there. God, it's Giannis dude. and a bunch of nobodies. Look, Tra- not Tra- not most of the all-defensive team. Yeah, Trey, I said this before the bubble started. I said the Lakers are going to win the championship because it's going to be the most annoying championship. Not because they won it, but because how it's going to be discussed. Oh, it's already considered off of the odds, man. Like, God rest his soul. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. But then we got a pandemic. Then we had four di- four months off. Yeah, and no then we fans. Had, then we had the, the the social injustice stuff. And then now, you know, LeBron not having his trainer, his personal cook. 
his pair of shoes that he needs, you know, <laughs> his Beijing. You know, that was the toughest. It was the toughest road. is even allowed in the bubble with all the things he has to overcome. Oh, listen, the thing is, I'm loving that Waz is laughing because he's going to be leading the parade. Oh, oh, oh my God. When this happens. Don't, don't, do not and, let the Lakers win the championship this year. Please don't. don't please don't let Because Waz, Waz, Dragonfly no, Joe. No, no, like, I'm, literally, gonna be, I'm literally going to have to quit. <laughs> it's gonna get so nasty. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to. Oh man, forget about it. no. But no, I'm glad that Trey brought this up because I think I was listening to Simmons the other day, and he was like, "Really, LeBron is bitching about? Oh, I'm not getting comfortable. I'm not. Why is it always an excuse? I'm like, whenever LeBron tries to make these excuses for himself, nobody actually takes it seriously." Remember the can cast? Nobody says, oh, but the, the freaking Cavs would have won that series if not for LeBron and his hand. Like, nobody cares, bro. You're either going to win or you're yeah. not. And that's what we're going to care about. Um, all right, Dave. You once upon a time thought that the Mavericks could be dangerous for the Clippers, but it feels like you've pulled oh, yeah. back on that after this bubble. Oh, I mean, listen, I, I new evidence suggests that the Mavericks are not ready for this. Um, you know, they were playing their best basketball. And I think there were a few teams that, that were like this. The, the Kings were playing their best basketball. Yep. Unfortunately, right as the hiatus hit, you know, I mean, for the Kings, it was a health thing. For the Mavericks, it was about Porzingis finally looking like a guy, you know, who hadn't spent two years without playing basketball. You know, he had rounded into shape and and played like a top 20 player for that last month or so of the season. He was awesome. And so, you know, just taking that evidence and looking ahead when, when we were looking at the bubble preview, yeah, I thought they might scare some teams because that offense, I mean, historic offense this year, fantastic over 115 points per hundred possessions. It's, it's incredible, but the defense is just atrocious. Yeah. They have no playmaking outside of Luca. Porzingis has been, you know, up and down, clearly dealing with a little bit of conditioning issue. You know, Luca is Luca, and and I think we all know what he's able to do. We saw what he did against the Bucks in the bubble. It's just he, there's just not enough on that team, and, and I I thought they might have had a puncher's chance, but Wait, no, you I think they're you probably going to be out Smith in five can games. Carry you into a that's a law firm. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, and no and you know, just, Seth Curry is big for this team. Let's just put it that way. And he's a good player. Seth Curry is a really good player. But if your playoff hopes are pinned to Seth Curry stepping up and, and being a bigger playmaker for your team than he's been all year, I mean, that's just not good. They've been one of the cases in point that like regular season offense doesn't always amount to playoff offense. Yeah. And I, I don't think they could sustain nearly what what they did during the regular season because like you said they rely so much on Luka to create everything and in the playoffs when guys are taken away you can take away a Seth Curry you can take away a Dorian Finney-Smith Porzingis even sometimes I think can be taken away and and it's just so much harder to to score points like you can score points by having Luka and spreading the ball spreading the court around him you can score a ton of points that way in the regular season Against Paul George, against Kawhi locked in, I just don't see that happening either. I think this one's going to be a pretty quick series. Um, what What about uh, playoff P, putting the clamps and those six surgeries onto Luka? <laughs> I think Luka's going to do some awesome special stuff. I think – See, I actually I, – look, I know Luka's incredible, Jay, but like I kind of think like between Kawhi, 
Pat Bev and and Paul George, like I think they're going to make Luca pretty inefficient in the first round, and then next year he comes back and just obliterates everybody. That could be the case, but I, I kind of see him like inefficient for him is like what twenty nine, twelve, and thirteen. <laughs> like, like he he can do that and be inefficient. I, I think I think he's going to be in the playoffs just a force, but he just doesn't have enough around him. And he'll have a lot of turnovers. So yeah, many he, turnovers. Yeah, he's gonna have shit. What I like though he, is that the Clippers like have to game. actually try. They do. Yeah, they, they do. Actually which have to try. you know, this season has been so weird. Um, so much of this team is theoretical at this point. Like, it's about the potential of the team. It's about well, this is gonna happen when they play X, Y, and Z together, and it's like. So many people have been in and out of the lineup for the entire duration of the season. We don't actually know this team, you know, and so they're going to have to actually right. put their best foot forward um, and play, uh, which is nice for a first round it's series. Like the, it's like the movie Tenet from Christopher Nolan, right? We keep hearing about it, but we don't know if we're actually ever going to see it. I don't think it actually exists. It's just a viral marketing campaign at All this right, point. Uh, we're, are we giving a game to the Nets or the Magic? Anybody? I think the Nets will get one. The Magic. Are I'm not. going with. I'm going with the Nets will get one. Okay. Well, yeah, they're playing Toronto. Are you disrespecting the defenders? Oh, I'm saying the Raptors whoa. have to lose. They got to lose the first game of the playoffs. Oh, they're, they're pretty good at that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they feel. They're alive. They're the pe- person that goes into the bar, gets punched in the face, and now they're ready to drink. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So we've eliminated the Nets. The Magic. The Blazers and the Mavericks. Who's the next team we're going to eliminate? The Sixers. I'm ready to eliminate. Oh, they're the Jazz. toast. Oh yeah. You're, oh, Jazz are out. Yeah. You eliminate the I'm Jazz. I'm ready to eliminate the Jazz. Yeah. Jazz, the Jazz are out of here. I don't like the juju of the Jazz, man. It's just they've been a disappointment all season. I thought Mike Conley was going to turn them into a legitimate contender. That hasn't gone well. Now he's. He's off having a child, which obviously he has to make that choice. He needs to leave the bubble and, and, and go go see his children being child being born. But like that, that's a big hole, especially after losing Bogdanovich. They don't have the scoring that they wanted to when they built this roster. They they wanted to turn from like defense only to hey, we're going to score a lot of points this year. But now they don't have enough scoring. I'm not sure they ever did. Uh, I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I think the Jazz are done. I, I give them no By chance. By the way, this is before. Um, I thought well, they were kind of right, cooked before, but then the whole Rudy thing happened. Like, are we supposed to forget that these guys had a like a, a war in the media? The huge. They, well, they hit each other like, like the month other. before the shutdown. Right. They they already had chemistry issues. They don't have Bogdanovich, and so they've made those trade offs on on defense without the offensive game, right? So their offense is now worse than it was during the regular season. They don't have Derek Favors, so they they weren't able to fix their their defensive issues. They're just a worse team than they were six, eight months ago. Now, let me throw this at you. Jamal Murray, still not in shape. Gary Harris, Will Barton have not played, I believe, right? Um, I guess we can count. Michael Porter Jr. in as a positive, but he gives up as many points as he scores. Yeah. Is there anything about this Denver team because of their lack of health and their lack of continuity right now that makes them vulnerable to this particular jazz team? 
No. And the reason why <laughs> is <laughs> the Jazz don't do anything that's, well. Yes. That's, that's what I was yeah, about to say. They don't have an identity Dave. anymore. Yes. Right. At least with Denver, they know what they're going to be doing in a given game. Like they have a plan. They've executed it multiple times in the past. They they're a team. Um Utah is like a mess. What do they do well? What like they used to be a lockdown defensive team and they're not that anymore because Gobert hates playing with his teammates now. <laughs> 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 Yo, like, we're supposed to forget that this whole thing happened in the, like, dude, like, they were beefing. There was, there was rumors that Donovan Mitchell didn't want to be on the team anymore. They blamed Rudy for giving them COVID. Like, this is like, this team is a, is a dumpster fire, man. And and they're not deep, right? Like, they're just, they're not a deep team either. Well, look, this is a small sample size, but, you know, we, we consider them a defensive team. They are the 15th best defense out of 22 in the bubble. But check who's 22. <laughs> the Denver, Denver Nuggets. Nuggets. Denver has <laughs> they have, Here's it. Denver. All right. I want to put this in perspective. But Denver can score. Sure. Absolutely. But this is, I want to put this in perspective. The Denver Nuggets have been, I believe, about seven points per 100 possessions worse defensively in this very small sample, right, in these eight games than what the Washington Wizards were for the whole season. Wow. The Washington Wizards were the second-worst defense in NBA history. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the Nuggets are really struggling because they just don't have any guards healthy. You know, they, is that why they're struggling they defensively? Back, I mean, is that's that a why? big part of it. There's a bigger reason. No Barry Harris at all. I mean, look, they're, we should, they're not, not a, a defensive-minded ball reason? club. They're not a big uh, de- defensive-minded ball club, Zach. Yeah, they're they're more of an offensively geared sure. roster. Yeah. That's that's what I'll say. That's my okay. diplomatic answer. Okay. But they've got no guards at all. Not that Jamal Murray is really going to buoy a, a strong defense, uh, but Gary Harris is is really no, good for them, and, and they just have been lit up by guards in the bubble. Jokic not playing any defense in the bubble. Let's not pretend like he is. He really wasn't even trying. He, he, you he mentioned he Michael Porter played, Jr. He hasn't played defense since November. Okay, like <laughs> you, you guys are making me uncancel the Jazz. Wow. I'm reconsidering. <laughs> All right, Trey. Trey, I have I have a theory that I've been holding on to, but I think the worst thing Jokic could have done for himself is lose this weight. Because oh, yeah, absolutely. Because before it was yo, if he gets into shape. You know, if he lost some pounds, like defensively, he can move his feet. This man screened his own teammate on a clutch possession by the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell sent that game to overtime on a layup, not because he made a great move, because Jokic screened Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I think it just went away from his favor. I mean, obviously, his, his Instagram likes went up, but, um, you know, having that size in the <laughs> That's an important post, stat, by the way. It is. Yo, Kuzma's been... <laughs> Living off that. There you go. You know, probably his endorsements and things have kind of clocked in on a side-by-side view. But on the court, I mean, he still, you know, is, is effective. But I think that size played a huge part on, on guys who defended him. Yeah. And not saying that he's easier to move around. He looks great. And, I mean, shouts to health and all that stuff. But um, for the most part, I think it kind of took away who he really is as a player and how he's established himself in this league. Um, he's more finesse than anything at this point, shooting threes and 
one hand, no look passes. I, I want to throw, I want to throw this. My out biggest there. question about the Nuggets is Michael Porter Jr. Like he's been good enough where he's going to play. He's scoring. He's, he's a starter. He's he scored. might play a lot. That dude should not yeah. be starting on and, that playoff team. And and th- that's my my question about him is number one like. His scoring is going to be really good for them. Long term, yes. he is going to be a huge, yes. huge positive for Absolutely. this team. Unearthing him will change their trajectory. But for this playoff run, how much of a negative is his defense going to be? And how much like of his offense will just be taking possessions away from Jokic and other guys who would do pretty good things with it. Well, I do th- I'm not I do feel like Jokic Michael sets him Porter up. Jr will be a huge plus for them at all during the playoffs. I think there'll be times when he's a minus and and yeah. I think especially like Donovan Mitchell if he hunts switches Oof. like he can go at some guys on that team and I think Donovan Mitchell could be really tough for them to handle. So before before we move on I want to throw this question out to you guys. What happens just from a national conversation? If Jokic just absolutely destroys Rudy Gobert in the series, oh, actually, I'm not even say if when he destroys Rudy Gobert in yeah. the series because I like I think Rudy can be a good matchup against a lot of these dudes. I think Jokic is going to just just destroy him. Jokic might be the one guy that actually plays Gobert off the court. Yeah, that because that's such a myth, right? Gobert is by far Utah's best player. He's actually played more. In the playoffs, uh, I don't agree uh, that he's. Minutes. I think he is not Donovan Utah's Mitchell's best player. I think he was. Yeah. I think he wasn't before February. Okay, maybe. All right, maybe yeah. in the bubble. I don't know. I'm trying not to take too much away from the the games in the bubble. I'm trying not to let it cloud my judgment. It is tough because it's the most recent thing we've seen yeah. by. Well, you know, I, I think months, I think because but, of that, Dave. Like I think the reason is just because because this team doesn't have a defensive identity anymore. Right. Then I don't think that his impact is as heavy. As it is. Yeah, his value is lower. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, his value becomes a little bit lower. But I still would say if you pull Rudy and just replace him with, you know, Jarrett Allen, uh, let's say like a, a marginal starter in the NBA, then Utah might not even make the playoffs. Like Rudy does so much heavy lifting for, for their sure. defense. For sure. And still does a lot for their offense. And I know we make fun of the screen assists, but he is a very good screen setter and is active. Now, he doesn't get the basketball and he pouts when that happens, but he still does good stuff for them in a way that I don't think they, they could easily replace. But uh, Jokic is a, is a particular matchup nightmare for him because he can work inside and out. And if he can get uh, Gobert out in space and away from the basket, all of a sudden, all those great cutters that play for the Nuggets are just walking into layups because mm-hmm. you know Jokic is going to hit them. Yep, absolutely. That's another thing with Porter Michael Porter Jr. is he's so big and he uses his body so well to create separation on his cuts. Him and Jokic have instantly become yeah, and he's got great hands. Simpatico. He's got great yeah, hands. He's too. fantastic. Uh, Jay, yeah. I want to ask you about the Celtics taking on whatever's left of the Sixers team, but first. I got to tell you guys about something else. Today's show is sponsored by Artifact. Artifact sets you up with one of their professional interviewers to capture stories about the most important people or things in your life. It's actually very cool. Let's say you want to tell a story. Trey, you want to tell a story from your childhood uh, about coming up and you want to make it a professional 
you know, kind of just portrayal of it. They're going to interview. They're going to put together this incredible product, and you get to you know share that out. Waz, you want to talk to people about uh, about you know New York, right? Just the story That's of New York. I, I know you love New York. It's all you care about. It's all you talk about. Or how Drake and his music first found you and how it changed your life. You can go <laughs> to Artifact, and they will capture the story and give you just an incredible thing to pass on to your followers, to your friends, to your family, whomever. I did it. I did it about my career. They're sending me the the show pretty soon. And now I've got like basically like a 20 to 25 minute interview of me telling the story of how I became, you know, the number one NBA journalist named Zach Harper out there. And now when people say, hey, you bum, how did you get this job? I can just pass them on this artifact pod and they can listen to it and they can get the blueprint for how easy it is to become an NBA journalist these days. Um, I think it's a fantastic product. I think it's a really cool thing. I just think it's a fun way to to tell stories and to get them done instead of you trying to find a way to like, Oh, do I remember that properly? They will make sure you put everything together in the right way. And when you're ready to make an artifact of your, of your own, just use the code NBA. It could not be easier. NBA to get $40 off your first one. You just have to go to heyartifact.com. Use the promo code NBA and you're going to get $40 off. Jay all season long. It's been, Look, the Celtics are good, but they can't defend anybody inside. They can't handle those big guys. Oh, if they face the Sixers, Joel Embiid. And I've been saying that. And now after seeing what the Sixers team is in the bubble and what Joel Embiid looks like and no Ben Simmons and all this stuff, I really don't have any worries about the Celtics in this matchup. Are we eliminating the Sixers? I think the Sixers should be eliminated. (laughs) But I also think in some ways it still is a nightmare matchup for the Celtics. Like, Joel Embiid is just a handful for Daniel Tice. It, he is so much bigger. And if, if you go beyond Tice to Ennis Cantor or Robert Williams, there can be a huge, huge drop, even though Robert Williams has been good the last four or so games in the bubble. There's just so much more reliability out of Tice. So I, I think that the Sixers can punish the Celtics in ways that a lot of teams can't, but they just don't have enough left. I, I I'm ready to cancel them too. Does any- I think they might be ready to cancel themselves. <laughs> They're toast, man. Does anybody, They're toast. Does anybody feel good about the Sixers in this matchup? No. <laughs> I picked them to go to the finals no. before the season started. Probably one so of did the I was. dumbest things I've ever said. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. To, but to You're be fair, to in your defense, some pretty dumb things. You guys, you didn't expect Horford to completely fall off a cliff and not right. be able to fit. With Simmons and Embiid, right? Nobody the could disappointment have predicted is the defense. adding another the defense big. Just, <laughs> well, we, yeah, right. The theory of the team was that they were going to play an all-time great level of defense. And that just straight up has not been the, been the case at any point this season. They did at home. <laughs> sure. But they're in Orlando <laughs> now. Right. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I also think, you know, that little bit of Shake Milton that we saw, everyone just got a little bit excited because it's more fun if this Sixers team is good because Embiid and Simmons are so talented. And we want to see them playing high stakes basketball when it matters. But, you know, it's an incomplete team. Uh, what happened to Josh Richardson? I mean, I've but done it's Josh Richardson, though. He, like, right. he's supposed to well, be right. an ancillary part of your offense for sure. And there were moments this season where he was there – initiator he was initiating pick and roll offense he's josh richardson right he's not (laughs) not miami's turning into one of those teams you don't want to trade with 
because guys are looking really, really good in Miami mm-hmm. and going elsewhere. And it's like, what? Something Wait, in the water, are we saying that Are we saying, Port- oh, are we saying <laughs> Portland didn't win the Hassan Whiteside trade? Is that what we're saying, Chris? <laughs> willing to I don't know. Uh, I, do, I do know uh, he had a lot of blocks and rebounds. That's true. He did <laughs> a lot of flexing. Um, all right. So we're Sixers are done, right? We're going to – their, their offense has been weirdly good in the bubble. They are shooting like 41%. I, I, I don't think it's real. Yeah. But their offense has been better without Simmons on the court during the season. Their defense hasn't suffered much, F at all, without him. They've been killers, actually, with Embiid on the court without Simmons. So there are some stats that show that maybe they're still going to be tough. But I just don't see a roster that – starts shake Milton and Josh Richardson in the backcourt having much of a chance to keep up with the Celtics and the four wings they have. And then yeah. I think Horford, like who does he guard on the Celtics? Does he guard Jalen Brown? Cause he's been launching threes lately. Cause does he guard Gordon Hayward? Yeah, he's, I, I he was runs thinking, a lot of pick and roll. I was thinking Gordon. Like, yeah. Where does, Hor- where do they stick Horford? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. They're, they're going to, MB is going to have to be, so damn good, which he can to be, give the Sixers right? a chance. I could see yeah, him be. becoming a superhero in this series and dragging them to a seven-game victory. But, um, but man, I don't. I also we've seen him be pretty rough in the playoffs before. Don't forget, he's got the ankle thing too, yeah. and who knows how how hampered he's going to be and by the that. hand thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so we've eliminated the Nets, the Magic, the Blazers, the Mavs, the Jazz, and the Sixers. We've moved the Bucks, Raptors, Lakers, Clippers, Celtics, and Nuggets to the second round. We've got two series left. The Heat and the Pacers. We get another round of Jimmy Butler versus TJ Warren. Who's going to be the hero and pick the Pacers to move on and eliminate the Heat? It, it pains me to do it, but not me. <laughs> I, no. I think Miami, Miami's just got too much talent. And, and the Pacers have, the Pacers have the sort of been the their East. M.O., right? Not well, in like, to a certain degree, you know, toxicity right. <laughs> amongst their players. Only, just like the team is a yeah. mess. Who are they? Only. Well, I I will say that they have been overachievers rather than underachievers, and you know the injury stuff for them has actually held them back to a certain degree. But they just don't have a high ceiling. They're they're the ultimate high floor, low ceiling team, and, and just seem bound to be in this you know, four to nine, 10 range in the East forever. I don't know how they get out of it, but this is not the year that, that they move on to the second round of the playoffs. Hold on a minute. All right, guys. Waz just drove us up to the intersection of Utah and Indiana are each other, right? We know what he's doing there. Okay. (laughs) We know what he's doing. We're just going to blow through that stop sign. That's what we're going to (laughs) do. These things happen by accident sometimes. Oh, but accident. Yeah, oh, okay. What the <laughs> Man, they're also very similar I've to seen, Boston. I, I, for some I've, reason. I just I've seen Hoosiers. Um, all right. Uh do we think Trey, do you think we're gonna get fireworks from from TJ and Jimmy in this one, or has that thing been kind of put to bed? Because look, Jimmy didn't talk much up coming up to that that bubble matchup, right? He didn't talk much at all, and then he worked his ass off and shutting down tj warren in that game i think tj had like 12 points on 14 shots like it was um probably his worst scoring game i know the one against phoenix was a little rough but i I think that might have been his worst worst effort against miami uh and then you know jimmy posted the the video on ig afterwards of him just dancing in practice saying mood like trey do we think that we're gonna get more fireworks out of these two 
No, I think I think probably TJ probably can go on and 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 don't like him and, and continue to play the game. But I think it takes away from what the Pacers are trying to do. So I think he kind of gets back into line and, and 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 stick to the game plan and not try to go back and forth. Um, but I do think that Jimmy's going to not acknowledge him and continue to do what he does best. And they'll come out on top on this series. Um, I do think that the Pacers are still a couple games, but um, the Miami Heat will advance, which I think the Heat are the biggest problem for the Milwaukee Bucks. Same. Absolutely same. I, I think that's a good matchup for, for the Heat. Um, with the Pacers, I, if Sabonis was there, would you guys change your mind? No. Wow. No. I think that they're actually they're they're a higher variance team now without Sabonis in the bubble. They're shooting five extra threes a game. TJ Warren has kind of slid up a spot, and I, I actually think that the the two way battle between TJ and Jimmy is is not going to happen. Jimmy's going to guard TJ, but TJ in the in the bubble game that they played, the first one that they sort of tried, he was guarding Jay Crowder, Kelly Olynyk, and so you could you could see that the Pacers weren't adjusting their game plan for some personal vendetta. Right. I don't think the, the Miami heat were either. Yeah. Jimmy was making a big sign and a big show out of running to the scorers table. Every time TJ Warren went to check in, but I do think that that's just the way the heat wanted to guard him. You know, you throw Jimmy on him. Yeah, hope you get into his head. Right. Right. And he's a great defender. Exactly. I, he's I think as that strong the big, as TJ the, is right. Like it's not like TJ it, can bully him. Right. And, and, you know, you know that he can play make as a defender, which is what you want. You know, you want to throw that guy on the highest uses player from the other team and hope that you can turn good defense into good offense. The the matchup in this series that that really is going to, I think, determine it is going to be Miles Turner and Bam Adebayo. And Bam has been incredible this year. But I think what Turner has to do is not only hit his shots when he takes them, take advantage when Bam switches and and. Miles has a smaller guy on him in the mid block. He's got to take advantage and be aggressive there, but he's got to keep Bam away from the ball handlers. Like he's almost got to just stick him in the corner. Like, like teams were doing with Kawhi that, that last healthy season he had in San Antonio, you got to get Bam out of the play so that he can't affect the game to, to the degree that, that Miami really wants him to defensively. He's just too, he's too good and too versatile a defender to be to be involved in all the actions that Miami want to make. Yeah, Miami's not that great at defending the rim anyway, right? So if right. you can move Bam away from that action, like you may be able to feast a little bit there. Uh, Waz, are mm-hmm. we going to look back at this series as the one that put the nail in the coffin of Victor Oladipo to Miami when he's a free agent? <laughs> Was that is that a thing? Oh, it's a thing, Waz. Oh, it's really? A, oh, it's a thing. That's the that's the whispers. I mean, <laughs> that might be a thing this offseason. It might be. I don't Zach know knows. that that's something that if you're the Heat, you should have been very enthusiastic about <laughs> pursuing. Um, I you know, it sucks because he found himself that first season yeah. in Indiana. Um, surprised everybody. You know, all of the things that everybody thought he could be when he was drafted, just like this ultra quick, super athletic wing guy. And he he was able to achieve it that first season, but he got hurt. And he just does not look the same anymore. And he can't figure out whether he should be, whether he should be trying to reach that level again or fitting into a role. And I think that's the clumsiness of this team. And that's why they're, you know, they're not going to matter in the playoffs. They just don't, 
the guy who theoretically is their best player doesn't even he can't play his best. So it's and tough. they have no one who can replicate what he no, should be able to or no. what he used to be able to do right. either. Like they don't have that guy who yeah, can Yeah, Brogdon's not just, that guy. No, down no, no, that just guy. just straight up break down yeah. the defender, any defender, yeah. he was killing people. Um, yeah. He's just not yeah. that that ultra quick, can't keep him out of the lane. And he was making jump shots, not like, you know, he wasn't Steph Curry or anything, but he was making enough jump shots that people had to play up on him. And he was, you know, he was a threat, and he's not. He's not that right now. All right, guys. Last one, last team to eliminate it. Will it be the Houston Rockets, who may not have Russell Westbrook for part or all of this series? Is that a bad thing? The, oh, whoa, oh, come on now. Was? Or the Oklahoma City Thunder, who definitely won't have Russ Sorry, for the Sarah. entirety of the series. <laughs> this is my we, favorite we gotta, series. We're getting the Rockets out of here. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm wow. punting the Thunder out. I think the Thunder are too strong. I want to hear, hear Jay <clears throat> why he thinks the Rockets are going to beat them. I just think... Harden's going to be too good. This this is my favorite series from a stylistic standpoint because I think it's going to be really tough to switch against Oklahoma City's defense and play a switch everything defense or Oklahoma City when they have Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and Shea Gilgis on the court. It's so hard to have out of all those three guys up when you're switching everything. And then at the other side, like, can Steven Adams stay on the court against Houston I think that's a huge question because if he does he's going to get every single rebound if he doesn't then the Thunder have it's a huge downgrade for them so this is my favorite series I think Harden because Oklahoma City's best lineups are so small I just think he's going to hunt and kill Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis and Schroeder as good as those guys have been I just don't think they can stop Harden. And even if Russ is out for most of the series, I think there'll be enough shooting around Harden that they'll have to double team him and he'll find guys and and they'll do enough to win the series. What about Andre Robertson? If he plays 20 minutes a game in the series, like he's he's not going to, if he's good, he's not going to shut down Harden, but he's a great defender. He is, but he wasn't moving like he used to move. That's fair. It's it's a great story, and he's at his best, like one of the top three or four defenders in the game. But I just don't think he's he's physically ready to handle that responsibility in a playoff series right now. Yeah, offensively, he's he's in playoff form because he shot twenty seven percent in the bubble uh, on all the field goals. <laughs> but defensively, he's not quite there yet. <laughs> But, uh, that's that's not nice. That's that not wasn't nice. nice. Okay, I that's take it back. Nice. I take it back. Jay, erase that. Don't erase that. Um, I think I'm with Jay on this. I think I believe Harden's going to be too good. Um, I think the Thunder have to change their style of play against this Rockets team because they went from, and granted, a lot of this was Russ too, but they went from being the third best offensive rebounding team in basketball last year to 30th this year. Like they abandoned offensive rebounds. And I think Steven Adams is going to have to, they're going to have to tell him, get your ass down there and make life hell for PJ Tucker. And that's going to be one, you win the rebounding battle against, against the Rockets. But two, that means that, that wear and tear throughout the game. Now PJ Tucker doesn't have any legs for mm-hmm. for the for those fourth quarter three point shots, right? And if that's the case, then okay, I'd like the Thunder, but I don't know that they're going to change their style of play and 
and feel like, okay, we're going to go back to being a monster offensive rebounding team. Also, SGA has to beat people in isolation. You know, Houston's going to switch everything. Um, So (laughs) they're going to force him. It's going to be about him and Chris Paul beating guys one-on-one. I have never felt that SGA was that kind of player. Um, But then I watched him play the Heat, and he was cooking Duncan Robinson. I was like, maybe he is a one-on-one player. (laughs) He was cooking Duncan Robinson. I just just want to... Just want to reset that for our audience who's listening is that Waz wasn't sure that Shea Gilders Alexander was a guy who could get by people and then he cooked Duncan Robinson and now he believes. I said maybe. I don't know. <laughs> when you think about it, though, when you say the words out loud, like, okay, somebody beat Duncan Robinson, that's not, it's not exactly... You know, climbing Mount Everest. Okay, so wait. So Jay and I are going with the Rockets. Dave, you're going Thunder. Thunder. Waz, yep. you're going Thunder? Mm, I, I think I think I'm Rockets. You guys convinced me. They have the best player. Oh, wow. They have the best player by far in the series. Like, he's That's just what, way it, better than flip, everybody the on the Thunder. Yeah. Um, And I think that's going to prevail. And he's motivated because he hates Chris Paul. That's so, true. Uh, Trey... Know. Dre, who do you have in this series? I'm going to go with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Wow. Um, just because, you know, Russell Westbrook is going to be missed in this game. But I think Chris Paul just wills his team to victory. And I think these he also has those young guys playing for him, like ready to run through a wall. Um, and although James Harden will have astronomical numbers in this series, and he's going to do his best, I think he gassed out. Um, especially yeah. if, Russ, if Russ isn't there, he's gonna have to do everything. Yeah, he has to he has to heavy load, and I think you know the Thunder will take advantage of that uh, defensively and make other guys beat him. So if Eric Gordon's not shooting well, if Daniel House is not shooting well, you know you can go down the line. If guys are missing shots, and we've seen this, you know, so time after time, James has to do it all. And I mean, I think he's capable. The thing is about containing him, but he can't do it all. Um, and then obviously with PJ, you know, dealing with his hand injury, you can just trickle down the line. And I think that Waz mentioned about SGA is that, you know, he's going to have to play well too, but I think that they have enough to get past the Rockets. I mean, I would love to see the Rockets advance, um, you know, and I, I think that with Russ even returning a game four, game five or game six, it's still not going to be too, it's not going to be enough. Yeah. Cause I don't, cause even if he comes back, I don't think he's going to be explosive, right? He's not going to be Russ. Like he wasn't. He wasn't that explosive in the well, bubble. No, well, I, Russ well, is think, always explosive. He, but I think like he's for always going like to have some type of right? gear. Yeah, but he'll he he'll die trying. At this point, like that's the thing that you never can question with Westbrook. He'll try to win it. He'll try to get those games that he missed all back in one game. So, um, you know, I just think that Chris Paul and them are going to try to beat them strategically with high IQ basketball, whether it's you know, doing a couple dirty plays, whether it's telling the ref a certain couple things, but making <laughs> shots. And I think that, you know, all jokes aside, Chris Paul has done a damn good job and should be an MVP candidate. Yeah, I, I do. Like, I worry about Russ, Dave, with with the injury coming back because, look, it's not Paul George having six surgeries, but I believe Russ has had five surgeries on his knee, right? It's not quite yeah. six. But and he's no spring chicken. No spring chicken. Like that's right. like his body. I do worry about his body here. 
breaking down mm-hmm. quickly because like that that dude's gone through a lot with his legs and he's always come back. He's always come back, he, but that that does worry me. And he only knows one way to play, and, and that's to his credit. That guy gives you every single ounce of everything he's got on every single possession right. in every single game. And so, you know, it, when you play that way, you you're going to pick up these kind of injuries. It, the timing of this is just awful because I do think Houston has been extremely interesting after the Capella trade. And, and, you know, there was all this extra variance that they were able to add by leaning into the stuff that they were already good at. And they, they gave some teams trouble, but I just think when you look, when you look at the way Oklahoma city has been playing in, in, in particular in the bubble, again, not trying to get too caught up in what they're doing recently, but chemistry is real. They're healthier. They they've got the length that can actually bother James Harden a little bit, Chris Paul aside, and then Russell Westbrook being injured. I just think that the signs point to Oklahoma City winning this in like six. Um, before we go, was uh, well, are you going to wage war on the city of Oklahoma City? Because <laughs> because like just you know you know what you did with Tim Duncan and the Spurs, <laughs> and now Russ is playing against the Thunder, and there was always the he stayed thing, right? Like I just feel like something's gonna happen Look, on social media. He can't bet against the Haitians. I don't see it. <laughs> oh, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's, wow. it's tough. It's tough. My anti-flyover country instincts <laughs> going up against my Haitian nationalism. Yeah, with Lou Dort. And Nerlens Noel, like that's like this team employs two Haitians at one time. That's that's <sighs> literally record. a record. <laughs> yeah, this is look. So if you want to see true conflict in the playoffs, <laughs> it isn't Chris Paul versus James Harden, right? It's not going to be TJ Warren versus uh, Jimmy Butler or Embiid against the the Celtics. It is truly. Was against himself it's, it's, it's in this tough. Thunder Rocket series. It's tough, man. It's tough. Like I'm the person that you know dubbed Russell Westbrook the king of the prairie. Um, like <laughs> it's it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But I love Lou Dort, man. I really do. Um, I sure. love the way he plays. He plays with so much energy and effort. Um, obviously, the rap on him, why he went undrafted, was he felt like an unpolished sort of guy. He seemed like a project, and people don't want to take on projects, especially at the wing position. Um, but he's shown, he's demonstrated this year that he is he's an NBA player. He has NBA talent. Um, but, yeah, I just... <laughs> Well, I can't root for the prairie, man. It's gonna be, <laughs> I just can't oh boy, do here we it. go. There it is. All right. Well, you can I follow. Can't do it. Hashtag he stayed, even though he demanded a trade. <laughs> yeah, I think he just hinted at a trade. Well, uh, this just hinted Russ that he stayed. would demand a trade. He to plays for a different team, but Russ stayed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Check out all the great work on the Athletic. Make sure you check out all the shows. You've got the Athletic NBA show, which is right here. We're gonna have Tampering on Tuesday. We've got Hoops Adjacent on Wednesday. Point of Contention on Thursday. Nerdish wrote on Friday. You're gonna make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, leave a review, make it positive, be good, spread the the word of the Athletic NBA show. Of course, we got no dunks. You got all the team specific shows. If you're a subscriber to the Athletic, make sure you click follow on those shows you're gonna get notifications for new episodes and you can comment on these 
podcast and let us know what a great job we're doing in real time. And uh, then you get all the coverage. And if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, what's wrong with you? Go to theathletic.com. Subscribe. It's, a, it's the best thing that you can possibly do for these NBA playoffs. For Dave DeFour, for Trevon Edwards, for Wazi Lambre, for Jay King, Jade Hoy, I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked in on The Athletic. Thank you.